It's pretty exciting. You have a seat. It's exciting when you have three services. You get to spend three services with Josh and Nadine. And uh, Josh, uh, graduate with our older son, Josh, uh, from Fairfield High School. Josh was a great athlete, too. And I remember him crashing his, eight, his motorcycles more than anything. He's always had an adventurous spirit. And it's neat to see God line up that passion to go to the Middle East. So I, make sure you remember them when you leave today and, and pray for Josh and Nadine and what God's going to do for them. Today's service is uniquely different and it's, uh, I would say, uniquely special. And one, I'm praying that your heart comes alive and I'm praying that you participate with us. Throughout this service, we have, a, we have a tendency as followers of Christ to go to request, 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 petition, 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 and we don't stop and celebrate. Personally, I have a value and goal that I've been trying to accomplish in my own personal life and as a church that we pause and celebrate what God has done. And so as we make the transition from last year into next year or this year, let's take a moment and today we're going to do that. And we've already done it in our earlier services. There are going to be two segments in our service today where there'll be microphones where you get to come up and share testimony. Pastor Jeremy is going to lead us in worship and um, we're going to have an incredible time of sharing in testimonies. Think about this verse in scripture when worship and praise is referred to. Psalm 22.5 says this, that God inhabits our praise. Inhabit isn't a word that we use very often. We read it in the Bible, but the word inhabit means to occupy a space and a place or a settled residence. In other words, Inhabit means someone comes in and settles in and resides in that place. And when we praise God, he inhabits our praise. God comes in and settles his residence in our lives. And so as we lift him up and praise him, he not only goes with us, but we're exalting him. One translation says it this way, a Japanese translation, that when we praise God, we build a big chair for him to sit in. I love that imagery. So the more praises, the bigger the chair gets. So picture this, when Satan comes knocking today, or he comes knocking tomorrow, and he's firing his arrows at you, when you allow your praise and you exalt God and you lift it up in worship and in testimony, when he comes knocking, he sees a no vacancy sign on your temple and he moves on. There's not room in your hotel for the enemy when you praise God because he inhabits your space. The Bible has a lot to say about praise. Here are a few. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. But then it says this, for this is God's will for you and me. Give thanks in all circumstances, not in the ones that you like, but in the good times and the hard times. That is God's, that's an imperative command. It's the hardest way in the Greek to say, do it, give thanks. Why? Because he inhabits our praise. Psalm 100 verse four says, we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. His gates, the local church. His courts, where we live. So as we go and as we leave, lift him up in praise. Psalm 150 verse six says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We also know from scripture, if we don't praise the Lord, that the rocks will cry out in our place. Hebrews 13, five. The author there says, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. 
Not just once, but continually. So let me ask you a question today. Why does the Bible constantly keep nagging us to give thanks? It's a question. How would you answer that? Why does the Bible keep nagging us to give thanks? Over and over and over and over again. I believe the answer to that is it's because we quickly forget all that God has done for us and we take him for granted. When we don't give praise, we soon forget. Old Testament's full of monuments. What did they do? They left a monument to remember because God knew that we're prone to forget and they were prone to forget. So as we continually do it, we remember who God is and we exalt his name. Paul tried to describe a heart that's full of ingratitude. And if we don't have gratitude and our hearts aren't full of gratitude, then ingratitude resides in us. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter one and verse 21. He says, when we fail to honor God and give him thanks, when we, you and I, fail to honor God and give him thanks, our hearts become darkened. Indeed, if left unchecked, ingratitude leads to negativity, bitterness, cynicism, and despair. You know what ingratitude leads to? It leads to an obsession with what's wrong with the world. It leads to an obsession what's wrong with your family. It leads to an obsession what's wrong with your marriage. It leads to an obsession what's wrong with your workplace. It leads to an obsession with what's wrong with relationship. Instead of what's good and what you're grateful for in those settings. Ingratitude replaces gratitude. And the obsession is I'm looking at me and my needs instead of all that God has done for me. Dwight Moody said it this way when it came to praise. He says, I don't care where it is, what part of the world it's in. If we have a praise church, we'll have a successful Christianity. Think about that for a second. If we have a praise church, we'll have a successful Christianity. William Thrasher said this hundreds of years ago. He said, Satan so hates the genuine praise of Christ that his fiery darts of discouragement are not effective against us when we respond in praise. St. Augustine said this, a church father hundreds of years ago. A Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. I love that picture. From head to foot, alleluia. Praise the Lord. Give him credit. Think about what that means to you and me today. Satan fears a thankful heart. Praise pushes back darkness. Isaiah 61, three says this. And as I was reading and preparing for this, this talk today, he says that when we are walking in the presence of God, when we walk in his obedience, that he will give us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. The garment of praise is a beautiful picture. And as I was trying to process all those thoughts, that literally he robes us with a garment of praise. Let me give you a visual that maybe help you to remember this. As I was processing this, I wrote these thoughts down. Praise doesn't always remove the storm, but it hands you a life jacket to ride it out. That's what praise does. It doesn't remove the storm but it hands you a life jacket to ride it out. When we praise God, he gives us a garment of praise. Have you ever, have you ever water skied? Have you ever been on the back behind a boat on a rope and you're being tubing and, and they're trying to knock you off or maybe you're wakeboarding. And, and so it, it, all you know is this, if you have a life jacket on, 
it doesn't matter what he or she is doing up there. And I've been where he or she up there is trying to kill me. Have you ever been there with someone like that? And so here's what you know. As long as you have the life jacket, as long as you have the garment of praise, as long as you have this safety, no matter what storm comes your way, you know what happens? You will be buoyant above the wave that comes. Even if the rope that you were holding on to is disappearing, you can float above it. Here's also something true if you've ever been on a lake and you've ever skied. There are rules of the land. When you wipe out and you have your life jacket on, as soon as you fall, you're supposed to raise your hand in the air. And the reason you raise your hand in the air, you're letting all the other boats know you're above water and you're there so that someone else doesn't hit you. It's a way so that they can see you and you won't be run over by a boat. And so when you're buoyant, with the garment of praise, when you give him praise, he hands you a life jacket. And when the storms come and you might be barely making, you can raise your arm in praise and God will come down and swoop you right from it. We have an incredible God. You and I have a chance right now. We're gonna bring out some mics. Go ahead and bring those out. Pastor Mike and John are bringing them out. And we're gonna give you a chance. And let me just, let me just preface by saying this. We already had people in our services share praises. It's not a praise until it's spoken. I want you to visually think what's happening when you come forward and say, this is what God has done for me. May we be a church of praise because then and only then does true Christianity surface because we acknowledge our God. So come, share a testimony, a short testimony, so that we can get many people through. What has God done? What do you want to thank him for? Just come to the mic and share right now. My name is Tiffany, and I have been coming to Grace off and on for years. But about two and a half years ago, God led me to come here one Sunday and visit. Um, and I'm a single foster mom. I take in teens from girls from really, really tough places. And about two and a half years ago, my grown kids were like, Mom, you've been doing this a long time, and we're ready for you to stop. And they kind of stopped supporting me. Um, so I kind of was feeling like I was on an island by myself doing it, um, working full time, taking care of kids. And I was just, I was burnt out. I was overwhelmed. The Sunday I came to visit, you guys were on stage talking about a care community, um, which is a group of people from the church that come along and help foster parents. So I went out and I signed up for it. Um, whew, not gonna cry. That was during COVID um, when I got my first care community. It was June of 2020, and I was really feeling alone, um, being at home with four teenage girls from really tough places. A group of people, families came along and started supporting me from dinners to prayers to all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm right now with my second care community, and because of them, I've uh, been able to continue and not give up. I've been able to start serving in the church um, because I don't feel so overwhelmed. Um, they do things for me like two ladies call me every week and say, how are you doing this week and what can I pray for you? And that may not sound like a big deal, but it means the world to me just to know that somebody is thinking of me and my family and is praying for us. Um, I had a girl that was suicidal and God knew what I was gonna need and put one of the people on my care community who is a child therapist. Um, I came to church one Sunday with a kid in the car who was trying to kill herself on the way here. Um, and I just reached out to her and texted her and I said, I need you, are you at church? And she said, actually, yeah, I'm on the praise team today, but I'll come outside. And we sat in the grass with this young lady and she missed praising team, sorry guys, for the rest of the day. 
But she sat with me and sat all day at the ER with me with this kid. And um, it's just meant the world to me. Um, God's not shocked that we have an orphan ministry. God's not shocked that we have orphans. In the Bible, over seven times, it says, take care of our orphans. And it's not the government's job, it's the church's job. And I'm just so thankful that this church is walking along beside me and holding me up as I try to do what I know God's called me to do. And I just thank you guys for that. Amen. Hi, speaking of praise team, you, you might see me up there once in a while. It's a blessing and honor. Um, year, last year, um, in August, my husband and I were away celebrating our 13th anniversary. Um, lo and behold, we received a text from Dana Devlin asking us if we would like to um, take in a, an exchange student. We had already told her no for the year, but this exchange student needed to be replaced in a different home. Um, this is the exchange student who happens to be part of our lives, so you know the answer. Um, I, I said, let's pray, because um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I told Dana, I'm going to pray. So on the way home from our getaway, I said a quick prayer, and I said, Lord, just, just uh, lead us, guide us, give us wisdom, what, you know, lead us into the answer of what you want us to do. And right after the prayer, within seconds, I said, we need to get her. And to say it in a few words, she's been a huge blessing in our lives. She's been the centerpiece, this is how I describe it, the centerpiece, the beautiful centerpiece of an of a empty table in a dining room. Like, she's the beautiful centerpiece in our home. And not only that, um, God has used us to show himself to her. Um, starting with the story of Noah. Okay, I'm going to try to make this quick because I know other people want to share. Okay, so it rained and poured, and we were talking about it raining and pouring before it rained and poured when we went to our first Walmart trip in America with Kiki. Um, and uh, it was just so ironic, and God kept showing himself to her. And it was through the story of Noah, again, Pastor Jim spoke about, about people banging on the boat. Are you going to be the person banging on the boat, on the ark, or are you going to be part of Noah's family. And that day he gave like a seated altar call um, for people to sing, to, to pray. So I'm gonna let Kiki tell you what happened. Um, before I talk about that, before I came here, I went to um, a lot of stuff, like I got abuse and I went through depression. Sorry, and I almost decided not to come here. I almost canceled my exchange student program, and but um, even I didn't know God before. I believed that He talked to me and brought me here. Praise God! And He showed me through her and Dana Scott Devlin and Tom and B Eisenhower, my last was parents. And he showed myself, I mean, he showed himself to me. And I started to follow him since then. My depression getting better. I never, I was like, I didn't cry before I went to bed anymore. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks. Amen.
I got the privilege to marry the girl of my dreams this year. Um, it wasn't the day that we had expected it to be. Uh, four days beforehand, we had gotten the notification that a heart was available for a heart transplant for her. And we were able to come here to the church and get married that day and the next day go out to Cleveland Clinic and have a successful heart transplant and a very clean and healthy recovery. She's doing amazing right now. She's not here with me today, but I've been abundantly blessed this year and I couldn't ask for a better life. My name is Duff. Um, I've been with Grace probably 15 years now. Um, March 19th of 2018 uh, was when I had my last drink of alcohol. Um, that was after 30 years of being consumed by it. Um, part of the problem though was with alcohol, you mask all your emotions except for your anger and fear basically, um, sometimes joy. Um, about a year after I uh, got out of my alcoholism, I experienced depression. Um, I had never, ever, ever experienced a depression before. I've been beat severely as a child and never experienced depression because I suppressed everything. I fought suppression, uh, depression so hard for probably two years. Um, a lot of you saw some of my posts and stuff and there were times where I was finished. I was just done. Um, this year, <laughs> 2022, after suffering my depression through COVID and all this, um, he's, he's delivered me from my depression. It's gone. I don't know what happened. It's just gone. I, I could not fathom why I had the depression to begin with because I knew everything I needed to know to live a good life. But for whatever reason, I just didn't want to, and I wanted to wallow in the depression. This year has been cured. I'm living a good life and I'm smiling again. It's good to spend time and think about the goodness of our God and to worship him. And sometimes I think we underestimate what praise and worship does. In the Old Testament, they would send the worshipers out first before a battle, before the infantry, the foot troop would, troops would come in. They would prepare the soil and that was setting the, the, the stage for victory. It's what we do when we come to worship. We battle, we praise God, we, we prepare the soil for God to come and work in a powerful way. And if you're a personal worshiper of God in your own, I know for me personally there are times I, in my own private personal worship, I'm worshiping him and I'm preparing what he wants to do and I'm preparing my heart and I'm preparing the soil here at Grace Community or my home and my family so that the power of God can be displayed Worship is more than just singing words and praise is just more than spoken words. There's something that happens in the heavenlies. John tried to describe that as he was on the island of Patmos and he was inspired by the spirit of God to write. And as he was looking into heaven, he reminded of this truth in Revelation 12, 11. And it was meant for us today and it was meant for those early people when, when the Bible was passed around and, and they, it was scattered and they began to read it. And then they came across Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 says, we, that's us, you and me who are Christ followers, overcome the enemy, Satan, by the power of the blood and the word of our testimony. And so when we speak, when you and I speak, 
it, it takes anything that's coming against us and we overcome it. The word overcome is a, it's a diverse word, but short and sweet, it means to defeat, it means to best, it means to conquer whatever's coming your way. So when you and I give a word of testimony, we best what's coming at us. We, we overcome what's coming. We, we defeat what's coming our way. And so we have this battle, and sometimes we lose sight that we're human beings, and we have, we're spirit beings with a spirit enemy and a spirit God. And all day long, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 that the enemy has a, an arrow, and he has multiple arrows, thousands of arrows, and, and he sends out his demons. And all day long, they pull back their bows, the strings on their bows, and they're aiming them at us. They're trying to take us out. So these arrows are flying after us. We are bullseyes for the enemy and his demons. And if you've ever bow hunted and, 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 and you have a target that you're trying to shoot at, and and if it's an animal, and if you prepared the ground before you went, you try to find shooting lanes, and, and you'll knock off branches so that when you shoot your arrow, they're not deflected, so that, so that the arrow actually hits the enemy. And so it's this picture, and if you've ever had it happen, I've had it happen to me multiple times, I see a deer come into my frame, and maybe I haven't done a great job of, of surveying the land, and, and even though it's there, and I'm ready to shoot at it, and it feels like I have a great shot, I have had multiple times in a last second, the arrow gets deflected by this sapling that I never even knew was there. It's like it appeared out of nowhere. And even though the target was there, the bow was the same, the arrow was the same, the shooter was the same, something got in its way and deflected this arrow. The Bible says that we overcome the evil one by the word of our testimony. So for lack of better words, when we put on the garment of praise, when you and I take time to, 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 to cover ourselves with faith. And when we let God inhabit ourselves, when, when he takes up residence in us, when the enemy comes with his arrows of depression, his arrows of, of division, his arrows of deception, and his arrows of doom and gloom and death, and he pulls back his bow, and the string is pulled back, and when he's, he, he's ready, he sees the target, it's you and me, and when he releases that arrow, when we're inhabited by, where we have the praise of God on us, and we have this, this garment of praise, when it comes, it deflects the enemy's arrows. And so when we are people of praise, personal worshipers of God, the enemy comes a knocking, and you know what happens? That garment of praise deflects. And I'll guarantee you there are deflected errors all over the heavenlies around this building today. And so when you and I give a word of testimony, you and I have the chance, not in our own power, but in us recognizing the power of our God. That's how you walk above People that are people of praise, they live differently. They walk through life when the storms come, and they, they, they feel the same weight, but there's this picture that they believe that they can raise their hand in the middle of the storm in praise because God is on his way. Moses tried to describe the blessing that comes when we walk in obedience. And a big piece of that obedience is walking in praise. In all circumstances, we should give thanks to God. Listen to the blessings that are attached to obedience. Just picture now, you're walking out through life. This is what's available to you and me, not because of anything we have manufactured, but because of what God can do. Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, 
the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and, uh, and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Then he says, you will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the country. You will be blessed when you come in. You will be blessed when you come out. He said, the Lord will grant that enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hands to. The Lord God will bless you in, 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 in the power of his giving. Then all the people on the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. And he wraps this up by saying this, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none the lord will make you the head and not the tail if you pay attention to the commands of the lord your god that i give you this day and carefully follow him you will always be at the top and never at the bottom amen that's what god wants to endow why not us we're the people of god why not us and when we walk in obedience, and part of that obedience is to give praise and give thanks in all circumstances. Let me pull away and talk to dads right now. This is your chance. You are the gatekeepers of your homes. You model that in front of your children and your wives. You have a chance to say, God, I believe this, and I'm going to walk in obedience because you are a good God. And when you do, when those arrows come knocking to your children's hearts and when those arrows come knocking on your door, you can guard the gate and they can be deflected when you walk in the, with the garment of praise. You see the picture there? It's beautiful. So here's our chance to think about this. You can't over-exaggerate our great God. You just can't. I don't care what you come up. Maybe you just walk up to this mic and say, Praise God, I'm here today. Because I wasn't sure I was going to make it. By his stripes, I'm healed, and I'm here today. Praise God that he gave me another day of life. Praise God that I'm born again. Like, like that's enough, isn't it? The Bible says this in Psalm 1611. In his presence, there is a fullness of joy. You ever walk with someone who is a daily praiser of God? They walk differently. They have a grin on their face in the middle of the storm. Yes, they feel the pain and it hurts. But they know that their God sees them and he will rescue them in the storm. Psalm 63, David said this, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and I will praise your name. I will lift up my hands. We're going to give you that opportunity. There's a lot that happens in the heavenlies when you praise God. You can choose to or you can choose not to. This is your chance. The season and the time is short. Walk up and just give us a short praise in Jesus' name. Come to any one of our mics. Oh, yeah. Yo, yo. I'll definitely stand and praise Jesus. And kick the devil in the teeth any chance I get. Um, I suffered through uh, the worst depression I, I, I didn't even know was imaginable. And uh, uh, just, um, November 2020 through like, I don't know, August maybe of, of 2021. 
through that, I, lo- I couldn't feel anything good. I couldn't feel, uh, most importantly, I couldn't feel God, um, which was killing me. I, was, I really didn't think I was going to make it uh, through that. And, um, but I, because of God's reputation, because of how he's been in my life, because of what he's done in me, and, and, and never giving me um, a reason to doubt him, I just chose to, to go ahead and stand anyway and, and worship anyway. And I think that's what he's calling us to do. I, I feel like that goes with, with what Jim's saying. But uh, I think it was around August, I was standing up here, and Jim talked about today, God inhabiting the praises of his people. Uh, he inhabited uh, the worship I was giving him at that moment, and I, I felt, I can actually literally could see uh, the darkness just melt away in that depression, just getting melted away. That was the word. It's melting away, and it was gone, and I was completely free. And God does that. Uh, when we stand in worship and be faithful, even when we can't feel him, even when, as song says, even when I don't see it, you're working. And he was working. And, uh, and he's good and he's faithful. Stand in, the, stand in whatever it is you're in right now. He, he's there and he'll come through, I guarantee it. Good morning. So we have a saying in uh, kids ministry that I can trust God no matter what. And um, God gave me an opportunity last last year to leave a career I was comfortable with, uh, comfortable in that, that I had been in for 18 years, um, to go into full-time ministry here at Grace as uh, one of the kids' pastors here. And um, he has, I, I look back and I see how even as a child he was setting me up for that transition, but uh, I'm not going to lie and say it was easy um, to make that decision. But once I did, and uh, I started, I started working and serving him here. I can just see how God has has blessed um, my life, my family's lives, and I'm very thankful um, that He knows our future. Um, over those 18 years, He was doing things in my heart that I have not not nearly enough time to talk about, and and in my circumstances, it led me to um, be able to make that that decision last year to obey Him. And I'm very thankful, and I want to praise Him for uh, what He's doing in in my life and and what we've been able to do here in the life of the church. So. Thank you, God. <laughs> Sharp problems. Um, hi, I'm Liz Martin, and I have a couple praises. Um, one of them is I'm actually a team gymnastics coach, and I get to minister to a lot of young girls um, in a different way. I was a gymnast that grew up, um, and I actually was very, um, I was abused by my stepdad, and I quit the sport because I thought that it would stop, and it didn't. But God paved a way, and he made me a coach, and I never thought I would ever step into a gym, and I did. And yesterday, sorry, yesterday, like, there's moments with these girls. Um, I don't have any girls. I'm a boy mom. <laughs> and so these girls are like my daughters, and I get to talk to them about Jesus. I get to talk to them about um, missionaries. I'm a big fan of Jim and Elizabeth Elliott, and hopefully some of you guys may know who they are, and I get to talk about Amy Carmichael, and I get to talk to them about a different form of loving Jesus, like really truly living in Jesus in a way that um, is not kind of like an Instagram or in Facebook world or in a different way, like truly living for them. And they sit there and they're like, wow, really? Like, she just went out there 11 days after her husband died and went with the Wendandi people. And I was like, yeah, that's really for living. And they're crying. And they're like, I can't believe someone could do that. And I was like, that's 
what a relationship with Jesus is. Like when you truly live for him, like you will do anything for him. Like it is so powerful. And when I get to speak with these girls, they always come up to me, some of them crying, like, I just love how you talk about Jesus and you're never scared. If you really know me, I have no filter with Jesus. I really am like that. But I just, it's a ministry that I, that God has pulled into me and I'm super thankful that he did because I never thought I'd walk in that gym with my past and he paved the way and um, it's just a beautiful thing. So I love ministering to them, but here's my other praise. My husband, I love my husband more than anything. Um, he is my rock and growing up abused and growing up I lost my father when I was six. So I never, everything was death. Everything was abuse. And there was no love. There was no understanding of what a dad would be in my life. And my husband is just the most amazing thing. He, this morning, every morning he reads with our kids, our three boys. They're crazy. I love them. They're crazy. But I love them. Um, and he just reads with them and prays with them. And when I'm having a bad day, he puts me in check (laughs) and he prays over me and he comforts me. And I am just so grateful that God had given me a man that I never actually wanted kids. I never wanted all of that life, but he chose my, my path and he gave me a family and I'm truly blessed. And I just wanted to praise God for that. Hi, um, I'm Tony Bontrager. Um, two weeks ago, um, my father, Roger Bontrager, died. Um, he lost his battle with cancer for five years. Um, sorry, it's a little raw. Um, extremely thankful that um, we had those five years with my dad before he passed. <clears throat> Got to say all the things that some people don't get to say, so... I'm extremely thankful for that, and that during those five years, even though he had tumors all over his body, that he was in relatively little pain. Praise God for that. Um, I'm just really thankful that we had that time, and I'm thankful that um, God put people in my family's life during this time to help us through that. Um, I'm thankful for Pastor Jordan, who was a really good friend during that time, and, uh, you know, God gave me a really great wife who was a rock through all of it and sent other people to, to help us through it. And I'm just really thankful that we serve a God who, even in a, our our toughest times, that he can be there for us and hold us up and, and give us peace and send us the people that we need to get through it. So, amen. amen. Um, Tony, I just want to give God praise uh, just for his grace, even in um, difficult times. I mean, it's been a hard year for, for us, just like for everybody else. And a couple weeks ago, my grandmother passed away, and uh, she's someone that was a real encourager to, to me growing up in my faith. I was so proud of Tara and I, you know, getting to ministry, and just was a real encourager in a lot of ways um, to us. And um, she passed away, but but God's grace, you know, even even in that, on the same day, something else that we've been praying for for a really long time was for our youngest daughter Emery to begin a relationship with Jesus. And um, she she doesn't take lightly um, making someone her boss, 
Um, and so we would have conversations about that, what it means to follow Jesus. Like, he's your boss. He's in charge of you now. You know, you're not in charge of your life anymore. And she, she would say over, over the years, and especially over the last year, like, I'm not ready for that. Like, I don't really want Jesus to be my boss yet. Um, you know, she wanted to be in charge of her own life. And so anyway, um, just really excited to see God do some work in her heart. And the Sunday that we, that we um, did Salvations here right before Christmas, the 19th of December, with the day that my grandmother passed away, uh, Emery uh, gave her life to the Lord. And that uh, was really, really powerful. Um, you know, I got to be able to pray with her up in Kid City that day. And we had asked, you know, kiddos that wanted to make Jesus their forever friend to stay back in a large group, and we were going to chat with them. And she was one, which is you know, just was powerful for me to, to be able to, to see that and almost didn't believe her. And um, because she has been so serious about this and she was like, no, dad, like I'm ready. Like today I wanted Jesus to make, uh, you know, be my forever friend. And so she came across the stage and turned one of the signs there, the believe um, bulbs and it's been powerful. So I just praise God for his grace. Praise God for him coming through, even for our daughter. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank, thank you. I'm very small. Um, well, hi. I'm I'm Lucy. Um, I I'm 17 years old, and I I have a generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, I'm very anxious right now, and um, I just, uh, I struggle. I've been struggling with a lot of things for um, the past few years. I don't remember when it started, but um, I I really wanted to to come up here real quick and um, just give some thankfulness and praise because um, it's really dark when you're in the middle of it. It kind of, it, it blocks everything out. You can't, you can't see. But I wanted to say thank you to God and to my parents for being there. Um, I'm, I'm finally getting some help because I, I decided to speak out, and I'm, I'm really, really glad that I'm able to get that. So, um, I just, I just wanted to say to anyone else who has, um, is, neuro, is neurodivergent or is struggling with these things, um, you're not alone, and there is something there. Thank you. But you get to go, baby. All right. <laughs> spare last. Rest of you have them. Share them with someone before you leave today. Wow. Okay. Well, my heart's beating, so I think that this is a God thing that I, um, and this is a treasure that I have a lot of treasures in my heart. And so it, trying to express it into words and share it isn't always the easiest. But um, God is a good boss thinking of Emery's, that so connects with me. And so this year, when I look back at 2021, one of the biggest things that I am so thankful for that God lined up and I was resistant, um, but he, he knows what's best. So it, it was the year that Jim was supposed to get a sabbatical. And because the beginning of that year, all the COVID stuff and some of my, the things I enjoy in my life were different and I was already at home more. Um, things were starting to fall in place in the spring and had more of some of the things I enjoy. And 
um, work and different things with people. And so I'm just getting to the point where, yay, it feels a little bit normal. And Jim's sabbatical is getting ready to start in the summer, which would mean that I don't get to come to my church and wasn't sure how it would affect some of the things that I really enjoy that are a part of my life. And so I, I just wasn't sure. I knew it was a good thing for Jim. God knew that. Our elders knew that. And so I just, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't think that this would be something, why wouldn't I want this? <laughs> but I, I didn't want it. It wasn't for me, but that's not true. Um, it was for me too. And so I know that our, we have godly leadership, and I know that it was a good thing. And so I went into it just trusting that God had something good for me too, that it wasn't all about Jim. I mean, a lot of my life does go around Jim, and being a helper, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't take care of me and see my needs, and if I have a good attitude, it's even better. Um, so I decided to go into sabbatical, trusting that he would have some, some treasures for me too. And this sabbatical was a lot different than when our kids were home the last time. I was excited about that one. That was a real answer to prayer. Um, but I just want to tell you some of the treasures that God had for me included being able to visit churches with Isaiah, our youngest, who moved to, to Fort Wayne during the time he graduated from college and moved to Fort Wayne like a, about the beginning of sabbatical. We wouldn't be able to go on Sundays and visit churches with him. That was a real treasure. And on top of that, getting to sit next to Jim, like drive to church together, sit together, be done together, leave together. It, it was, I guess I had forgotten how special that could be. I'm, I'm okay with that that isn't, that just goes with the package. Like, I like my life. I like being his helper. But I, those are really treasures that God had for me. And so I want this to be a testimony. God really does know what's best. And like when you know it's from him, even if you're not feeling it, trust him. And then you'll be able to look back and you'll have more treasures in your heart, how much he really loves you. He really loves me, not just Jim. He, he loves me. <laughs>